All right, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack, episode SST006. My name's Ryan. My name's Brant. Today we're here to talk about Saccharin Trust, Pagan Icons, which is our first release, not by the Minuteman or Black Flag, which is pretty cool to get into someone new and different. Definitely different than Black Flag and the Minuteman, so it'll be interesting to explore them. And Brent, my sense is that this is one of those bands where I might know a bit more than you do, unlike Minutemen and Black Flag, where I felt like we were kind of even. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I like the band. I have a few of their albums, and uh, I just don't know a lot about them. I'm here to learn today, too. Yeah, I kind of started getting into them a bit more in the later years, I guess, as I was digging deeper into... Minutemen, and especially after I got that book, A Wailing of a Town, An Oral History of Early San Pedro Punk, that one written by Craig Ibera, and Mike Watt mentioned that in one of our previous podcasts. It's a great book, and I started really getting interested in them, and so... Are they, they're not all from Pedro, are they? I don't think they're all from Pedro, but uh, they definitely came up in the Pedro scene. At least Joe Baiza lived in Pedro around the same time. But let's get into that. Let's start talking about the band. History Lesson, Part 1. Saccharin Trust, another early SST band, came up with Black Flag and the Minutemen, kind of underappreciated. Uh, I mean, they were on a lot of those early SST compilations that you would have seen, the Blasting Concept. But, I mean, if you listen to all their albums, they're a bit inconsistent. And I don't mean inconsistent in, like, they're bad and good. I mean, they definitely are different from album to album. They've got an album that we'll get to eventually where it's just an improv album that they spliced together with Mike Watt on bass. And I think their last album on SST, they even had a sax player. So they're going to evolve just like Black Flag and Minutemen as we uh, go through their releases. Just like a lot of SST bands, that's one of the things that's so cool about the label is how quickly some of the bands progressed. They were a lot more uh, spotty for their releases in terms of the distance between them than, say, like Husker Du, who just rammed everything out in, like, a three-year period. Yeah, even some of the interviews with the band guys, like, they refer to themselves as kind of the black sheep of SST because they were just definitely different. But they did, like, uh, the big tour with Black Flag for the Damaged release, which will be our next podcast, SST-007. They originally started around 79, 80, and lasted until 86. And then they started up in 1996 again, and they're still active today. They actually just put out a record called The Great One Is Dead. It's a double LP. It's a combo release on that Water Under the Bridge records and recess. I actually ordered it from Water Under the Bridge. And uh, one thing I could say about it, it's a good double LP in 2017. These guys have been at it forever and it sounds like Saccharin Trust. It's new material? It's new material. Like it came out a couple of months ago. Yeah, I knew they were back together and I saw they had a release. For some reason, I thought it was a reissue of a different album. No, it's, I mean, well, at least as far as I can tell, hmm. um, maybe I'm misreading it, but it sounds, uh, and I mean, it says... 2017 on it but saccharin trust actually like although they may have been a bit of a black sheep not that well known when you read some articles on them you can see and i mean i don't know how legit this is but you see references from like kurt cobain and even king buzzo referencing them as like they were a fan or an influence so i, I mean they definitely had an influence and people knew about them but when people mention the sst bands Saccharin Trust is in that list, but it's not the one that people know as immediately like, oh yeah, I mean, I could place that song or name an album or something. Interesting to get into them. Let's talk about the band members, though. There are kind of two core band members throughout. 
Jack Brewer, and on this uh, the Pagan Icons record, he's listed as Joaquin Milhouse Brewer. He actually started on guitar. It was only after Joe Biza joined his band, and Joe Biza is the guitarist for Sacred Trust. He started on bass. The rest of the band quit, and uh, Jack and Joe were left. And then Joe went on to guitar, and Jack uh, just went on to vocals. And his vocals are, I would say, probably the element of the band that I suspect is the hardest for people to get into. They kind of remind me of Jello Biafra's vocals a little bit. A little bit. I, I can see that. I mean... It might be the vibrato. Yeah, it's kind of like a growl, speak, poetry thing. I mean, it definitely fits the band. The name that I saw referenced when I was reading up on this that makes sense to me is Marky e. Smith from The Fall. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Now, Jack Brewer went on once... Uh, We'll get into these bands later on, but when uh, Sacred Trust was kind of on hiatus, he had other bands called the Jack Brewer Band. Those releases are mostly on New Alliance, though. And then mm. he also was a guest vocalist for this band, Bazooka, that we'll get to much later on in the podcast as well. Now, Joe Biza's a neat guy. I've heard Henry Rollins, probably one of his spoken word albums or so, you know, somewhere, talk about, you know, he's often asked, how did you get into doing talking shows, as he calls them? And I think everybody's heard the story about him getting offered you know five bucks to get up and read something out of his tour journal at this club that was doing these shows and i think joe biza was is one of the people he names as someone who was already probably doing poetry oh really or spoken word shows i could be wrong about that but maybe it was jack brewer but i i mean you're probably right that it's it's someone related to these guys because it would not surprise me for doing something i know dukowski was doing it a lot yeah I mean, the thing about Sacred Trust, and especially Jack Brewer and Joe Biza, they just ooze art. Yeah. Joe Biza, um, some of the interviews with him, it says he kind of took like a visual artist approach to guitar. He also drew, like did the artwork for the Buzzer Howell cover by the Minuteman. I think he did the Minute Flag too. Oh yeah, I think he did too, you're right. There's probably more. We'll see that when we get to them, which will be uh interesting as well. I mean, very jangly, angular, spastic dissonant like a free improv type of approach to guitar but still structured so it's very very unique he was also like later on he was in uh he formed kind of the this band called the universal congress of they start off in kind of the early sst 100s mm -hmm. he was also part of october faction we'll get to that around sst 36 i think he's also in like an improv band with George Watt and uh, Hurley now called the Unknown Instructors. Now? I, well, they put out three albums in the last 10, 15 years. I don't know if they're still active. Those albums are really out there. They're like mm -hmm. uh, very improvisational. Have type. you heard that Big Walnuts Yonder? I, I have it. Uh, it just kind of showed up in the mail last week. I haven't played it yet, but I can't wait to hear it. That's kind of cool. The packaging got me excited for sure to see that Pettibone cover. Yeah. No, well, I'll have to check that out. Maybe on the next the next time we have a Watt release, we can do a review of Big Walnuts Yonder. That'd be cool. Uh, anyways, moving on to the next two guys in the band who are not, they didn't end up being core members of Sacred Trust, but still are noteworthy. First, Earl Liberty. Circle uh, Jerks. Yeah, he went on to the Circle Jerks. I do believe, though, his only recorded representation is on the Repo Man soundtrack. Oh, yeah? I think so. I think his real name is Mark Vidal. He was in the band at the same time as Chuck Biscuits. In the Circle Jerks? I think so. I think I read that too, yeah. And then the other guy, the drummer, Rob Holdsman, and he went on to Slovenly. Also an SST band. Yeah, we'll get to them around SST 67. After the longest standing uh, in the early phase of Sacred Trust, 
the drummer is a guy named Tony Cicero. So Saccharine Trusts are weird, right? It's funky, jazzy, punk, kind of has an improvised feel. A lot of the articles refer to kind of jazz uh, sounding. It doesn't sound too jazzy to me. It just sounds different, dissonant. You can see why what drew Greg Ginn to them. Totally. It, Pre- I'm pretty sure Joe Carducci's on the scene by this point. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll actually, um, it's interesting. I was reading up on Saccharine Trust for the show, and in Joe Carducci's book, Rock and the Pop Narcotic, he's got like a, well, he mentions Saccharine Trust a whole bunch of places. For those who don't know, about this book it's a hard slog and read and it's all over the place but it is incredibly fascinating and it goes deep deep into all sorts of music but especially the sst bands in that scene and he talks about saccharine trust in these terms he says they were always in the process of becoming whatever it was precisely that existed in guitarist joe Biza's head he also said hey ryan sorry to cut you off who's joe who's joe carducci for those who don't know oh well joe carducci was i mean i guess a staff member at sst i would say he was kind of like a and r I think so, but but we actually mentioned him in an earlier episode. We were talking about that Miniman release, uh, Bean Spill. He had that label, Thermidor. I mean, it's interesting when you when you read interviews with some of these guys. They definitely had like core roles. Like I think Dukowski was big on being kind of a tour booking guy after he quit Black Flag, and I think. Carducci was kind of an A&R guy, but my impression is that all of them did kind of everything, whatever needed to be done, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Joe Carducci also uh, was a, an author. He's written several books. Rock and the Pop Narcotic is probably his most famous one. His other book that I really, really liked is called Enter Naomi, and it's about a woman who was kind of the house photographer for SST. And we'll see we'll see some of her uh, photos. I just wanted to check, is, it, is there a chance that these photos on this one were by no Naomi Peterson. Don't see it on there. Might have been. But anyways, he also said this about Saccharine Trust, which I thought was really good. It was Jack Brewer's assignment to sing on top of this sound, and he was the man for the task. He used his klutzy manner of shrewdly to bait the listener off guard for his species-shaking sermonizing. Just to give you a sense of how Joe Carducci writes. Jack also said, um, there's a quote in him from there, he says, with respect to Saccharine Trust, I think we've been ignored because we're actually too hard to ignore, which is an interesting quote. When I think of Saccharine Trust, I think of, like you mentioned, that package tour, which is, again, another cool thing SST did right almost from day one is they were so ambitious putting together package tours for the label. Saccharine Trust was often, you know, the first of three or four bands. And I just think of Greg Ginn wearing the Saccharine Trust t-shirt in all those pictures and stuff. Totally. And Rollins wearing Saccharine Trust shirts too. And I mean... The Saccharine Trust story is similar to the Minutemen in that kind of came up from the Pedro scene. Greg Ginn saw them and said, let me put out a record for you, just like that. Uh, that's pretty cool. And I'm just looking at that new Saccharine Trust record, The Great One is Dead, mm-hmm. and I can't see a date on I I thought it was a 2017 release. I cannot see a date on it other than 2017. All the artwork is done by Joe Biza. Cover design by Craig Abera. That's the guy who wrote that A Wailing of a Town book. Right. Yeah, Water Under the Bridge Records. I think it's a reissue. Okay. Pretty sure I saw that somewhere. Okay, you've got homework then. I'm reading it. It's this 2017 all over. If anybody's listening to this, they'll let us know on Twitter. One other thing about uh, this before maybe we go on and talk about the actual release. Just like the Minutemen, as far as I can tell, the first recording that uh, hit vinyl by Saccharine Trust was on the New Alliance Records compilation, Cracks in the Sidewalk. 
which uh, we spoke about in an earlier episode about the Minutemen. And on this one, track one is Minutemen, 930 May 2nd. That's the one we talked about. Track two is Black Flag Clocked In. Track three is Saccharine Trust. And it's a song called Hearts and Barbarians. And this song, when I read read about it in A Wailing of a Town, that book, this one was recorded a bit earlier, it seems, and it already sounds a bit different. This one is kind of just like a kind of a punk oompa beat. And then when you get to Pagan Icons, very different from that. Let's talk about the actual release. History Lesson, Part 2. First thing, when you look at Saccharine Trust, Pagan Icons, is you've got a photo, black and white, and it's a pretty striking cover. Definitely stands out. The four guys on the back. It's all black and white. Does yours have the insert? My copy, unfortunately, someone took a whole bunch of pen and wrote all over it, but it does. It was uh, the Saccharine Trust logo, that cross and the snake. It's attributed to uh, Raymond Pettibone. Very cool. And that's one thing about this insert, too. I mean, I have to admit, I've listened to this record plenty of times before. For this podcast, it's the first time that I actually read the lyrics along with it. These lyrics are really heavy, and that's also part of what Jack Brewer is known for. So definitely recommend, um, if you get a chance to listen to this, to check out the lyrics when you're reading through it. This one was recorded at uh, Media Art Studio, Hermosa Beach, 81, engineered and mixed by Spot, produced by Spot and Mike Watt and Saccharine Trust. Sounds pretty good. Spot's hit or miss sometimes. Oh yeah, this one sounds really good. There's a couple of Husker Du records where I'm not a huge fan of the production. This one sounds really good. Okay, and I was wondering whether Naomi Peterson took the cover shot for this, but it's a fellow named Jasper, or a girl, I guess, Jasper Jackson. Insert illustration, Raymond Pettibone again. At the bottom it says here, this is in dedication to J-Max Eternal and Holy Chameleon Dance of Life. If anyone knows what that is, let us know. Another thing I love about these old ones is it has a price on the side. $5.98. It's printed on the jacket? It's printed right on the spine. Kind of like, you know, why we would see those uh, Discord ones, pay no more than 10 bucks or $10 postpaid or whatever. Right. I assume that's kind of what they're getting after. We were kind of talking about uh, the sound. This is a really good sounding early SST record. I I guess technically it's a full length. I mean, probably the most well-known song on side one, there's I Have, Community Lie, Ever to Waste, Mad at the Co., but probably the most well-known song is the last one on side one called I Am Right. And I don't know, Brent, you're a, you're a way bigger Sonic Youth fan than I am, but have you ever heard the Sonic Youth cover of that? Mm, it's covered on an SST release, right? Yeah, The Melting Plot. I think I have that, so I've probably heard it. Actually, when I heard it, it reminds me of a Dictator song called I Am Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, except the dic- I'm not a big fan of that Dictator song, though. <laughs> uh, I like it. I, well, listen, I love the Dictators. I love the Dictators but I especially love the early dictators. I'll put it that way. Yeah. The second song, though, or sorry, second side of this release, because I Am Right is kind of, it's maybe like one of the actual punkest, traditionally punky sounding songs. Side two, though, like there's some songs on side one that are really different. And again, like when I when I think of Saccharine Trust, I think of bands like Wire, The Fall. We mentioned Marky Smith. Gang of Four, especially, because kind of funky sometimes. Mm-hmm. Definitely in that vein for me. But Side 2 is my absolute favorite. And on this, it starts off with We Don't Need Freedom, which is a great song. Success and Failure, very short, not super memorable. The best song for me, though, is A Human Certainty. And the part I love in it is Joe Biza, like, scratches his pick on the string 
in rhythm with kind of the the rhythm of the song and the drums and it's just so intense for this song i love i don't know do you know what i mean that part where he's just scratching his string love that yeah it's a good song that is definitely my favorite now that's the song that you mentioned you thought kind of sounded like a joy division track to me when i listen to now i don't want to get into who's better worst who came first who came last but when i listen to a human certainty it definitely reminds me of that joy division song shadow play because it's really really riffing on two main chords throughout it has that kind of similar vibe for me do you see any similarity uh the bass line's pretty close i'd say i like both for very different reasons like you said it's more of a vibe thing totally because, yeah. I mean, you can't listen to Joy Division Unknown Pleasures next to Sacred Trust and Pagan Icons and you go, oh, those bands are so similar. But there's a bit of a vibe in A Human Certainty where I just as reminiscent of that one Joy Division song. I like. I'm, I mean, I'm not suggesting anyone do a mashup of it, uh, God forbid. Well, that's about it for me. I don't know. Should we get to the ballot result? Let's do it. Ballot result. All right. Who's picking this time? You are. I'm torn between I Am Right and A Human Certainty. I Am Right because I think it's a little bit more accessible. It's probably the most well-known song, but I love A Human Certainty because it's just my favorite song on the record. What's a third track? Effort to Waste. I like that one, too. Yeah. No, I I mean, I agree. It's good. We kind of skipped over it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I Am Right or A Human Certainty? Why is I Am Right, why do you think that's better? Why do you think that's well-known? Well, I think Sonic Youth covered it. Oh, yeah, right, right. I think that there are definitely, my guess, I could be wrong. Everyone will tell me, I'm sure. My guess is that people know Sonic Youth better than Saccharine Trust, and major Sonic Youth fans will know that song. And so I think that that might entice people, I'm hoping, to check out the rest of Saccharine Trust. Well, you have to keep in mind that some of these tracks we're going to see again on compilation, so we're going to get an opportunity to get a second crack at putting some of these songs in. Yeah, so I'm just checking out, like, on the blasting concept, the Saccharine Trust track that they put on there is a human certainty. So we've got two chances. I'm going to go with... I am right. All right. I'm down with that. Well, that's it. Next episode is SST007, Black Flag Damaged. Oh, boy. You said it. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>